0: Hi, everyone. I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're the Tara Girls. Welcome back. I don't know what the episode is. We have another great episode, dropping you knowledge from Brittany and Tiffany. Well, at least that's our hope. That's our plan. We'll see how it
1: goes. But yeah. at the very least, we hope it's an interesting conversation that sparks more interesting conversations. Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. Before we start, um, we like to do our shoe fit scenarios. Mm-hmm. So Tiff and I have been fitting people for shoes for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been fitting people for shoes for longer than I would like to admit. Oh, wait, way longer than me. Like, significantly longer than me. Since 2015. Wow. Yeah. And, no, 2015 is when I fit shoes from stores I owned. I also have been fitting shoes. I worked at a running store in high school. Yeah. So, since, like, 2004. <laughs> like, her whole life, every I know. <laughs> Ask me how much the Brooks Ghost was when I started running. How much was the Brooks Ghost when you started running? When I started working at a running store, it was $85. Oh, my gosh. It was a thing when that, like, mid-level shoe went yeah. over $100. People were like, we're going to lose customers. Like, people will stop running. Oh,
1: that didn't happen. Now it's at $140. $140. And that's like, they've worked to keep it at $140. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. All right, shoe fit scenario. Mm-hmm. I think it's your turn. You think you gave me a scenario last time. So a customer comes in and they tell you that they are experiencing shin splints
0: mm. and they want you to fix all of their problems. Yep. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Um, we have a lot of customers that experience shin pain. Um, shin splints are a common running injury and aren't necessarily always the shoes. I would definitely want to take a look at the shoes they were running in, mm-hmm. see how much they were running, ask them, how have they increased their mileage a lot recently? Um, what kind of surfaces are they running on? A lot of times people experience shin pain on harder running surfaces mm-hmm. like concrete and asphalt as opposed to treadmills and grass or a track that has a lot more give. So when you're running on concrete and asphalt, um, maybe in a shoe that you've been running in for a while, your shins are taking the brunt of the pounding, and so it's going to hurt. So I would make sure that they have a shoe with enough cushion. Mm -hmm. So ask them how many miles they have on their shoe. Do they alternate shoes? Um, Those are all things that we recommend to do to make sure that you're keeping your feet as protected as you can from these unnatural surfaces that we mostly run on. And then I would also... Ask them about their stretching routine. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times, shin pain can come from really tight calves Mm -hmm. um, or some of the muscles and tendons around your shin. So I would, you know, talk to them about foam rolling. Foam rolling is a great way to get really deep into your calf, maybe more so than even just like static stretching your calves. Um, And definitely talk to them about, you know, maintaining. So do they ice? Do they stretch before and after? Are they drinking a lot of water? Like all of those things kind of looking at an injury like shin splints, I say injury with quotes, because a lot of times it's just shin pain. That's the name we give to it. Um, Looking at it holistically is really helpful. If you can get past that shin pain, you know, a lot of times people feel that at the beginning of their running when they're increasing their mileage when they're first getting into it. But um, if you can get over that hump and stretch your legs out and let them get used to kind of the pounding, it's not a forever injury. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one that always I find difficult uh, Mm -hmm. when
1: people come in because it is a lot of times an overuse thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, shoes can help, but it's not necessarily like, oh, put this on and you'll be better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a tough one yeah. to, to work with, I think. Mm-hmm. I started
0: having some shin pain when I was training for a marathon last year. Mm. I increased my mileage probably higher than I had in a while. Um, and I really found that compression socks helped a lot. Mm. So for the first time, I started running in compression socks, not just wearing them before and after. So that can be helpful, too. That's a good kind of trick if yeah. compression works for you for recovery. It can also help increase the blood flow through the bottom half of your legs while you're running. Yeah. So compression socks are great also.
1: All right. Well, that honestly segues pretty well into the topic that we want to talk about today. So we are going to talk about injuries and setbacks. Mm Just kind of, you know, sometimes those are the same thing, sometimes they're not. And, you know, shin splints could be an injury or a setback that you're Mm -hmm. dealing with. And honestly, injuries, setbacks, kind of inevitable, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's running or any other kind of exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Just we're human, and that's just going to be part of the experience. Mm -hmm. So, Brittany, have you ever experienced an injury or a setback?
0: Yes. 24 hours ago, I did. Um, I was trail running, and I twisted my ankle. I um, have done that many times, but not for a long time. When I was in high school, early college, I did it a couple times. And so I would, like, recover from it, strengthen, get back to running, twist my ankle again. Mm. And so, like, once you do it, it's so much more easier to do it again because your ankles it, it weakens your ankles. Yeah. So I hadn't done it in forever and I was just running on a trail with really big acorns mm. and I slipped on an acorn. It so It is the season. Yeah. Right now. tis the season to slip on acorns. Yeah. Um so I was supposed to run a half marathon the next day. Thankfully, that wasn't, like, my big race of the season. I was just going to, you know, do it with friends. But a little disappointing that I had signed up for it and didn't get to do it. But it definitely wasn't worth trying to run on it. Yeah. I mean, I was barely able to, like, walk to take the dog out. And I've done that before. So I know kind of what it feels like. And I know that running on it is just going to make it last longer. Like, it definitely wasn't worth trying to – Push through the half marathon. So I'm currently in an injury slash setback
1: era. Yeah. It, it <laughs> happens. It happens. Have you ever had, you know, you just finished a big race that was uh-huh. kind of your race the season a couple weeks ago. So thank goodness you didn't yeah. have this before that. Have you ever had an injury or something else, mm-hmm.
0: just a setback that did mess up? Mm-hmm. Kind of something that was like a, circled yeah. on your calendar. Yeah. So I was originally signed up for the Ironman in Chattanooga yeah. in the spring of 2023. And so I wanted to do, I had already done one in Augusta and I wanted to do Chattanooga because it's right here. And so I was really increasing my bike over the winter, which was hard for me. I I love riding in the summer, but it was just hard when the days were shorter, January, February. Um, And then I got really sick Mm. um, and I couldn't do anything for about a week. And I was already kind of pushing it like I was really kind of stretching my training. I didn't know if I was quite up to par. And then I had to take a week off. And when I got back into it, I was like, I just think I I felt so set back that I decided to not do Chattanooga and just pick an Ironman in the fall, a half Ironman to do. So, yeah, it was uh, pretty disappointing. And it was a hard, like, reckoning with myself. Is it worth, like, trying to do Chattanooga on maybe 80% fitness or do I just wait? So I decided to wait and I'm I'm super glad I did.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it sounds like you've handled it pretty well because I think we I've seen before people really push pushing through. Like, yeah. have you ever seen, I don't know, someone kind of be like, "Oh, I twisted my ankle. I'm just going to do it anyways." Yeah. Or I got sick and
0: the race is tomorrow. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um I've I've heard of a lot of people doing that just like through our running groups and through the store like they get hurt and they're like oh, I'm fine I'll just push through and it gets worse. Like it it that it never gets better that way, mm-hmm. you know? You're never helping yourself heal. Mm-hmm. Um so I have I just try to look at my running like cyclically and kind of holistically. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I've run a lot of races. I've probably run 40 half marathons. Yeah. No one half marathon is worth having to take a year off. Yeah. So I try to remember that when I get real hung up on a race that, you know, I did a half Ironman two years ago, and now I did another one. And that just feels like it's a, there's just lots more opportunity. If you can yeah. keep yourself slightly healthy, there's so many opportunities to, to race and do fun stuff. So what about you? Tell us about your setbacks. Yeah,
1: I, it's it, it's interesting because to me, almost injuries and setbacks are almost two different things, although they can be exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember injuring my knee. I think that's the most I've been injured before. You know, mm-hmm. I got injured in flag football in college during mm-hmm. intramurals, and I wasn't really quite a runner at that point. I liked sports and I did run, but it wasn't like, oh, no, I can't run now. I think the injury that I can remember that was like, I am a runner. This is something I do, mm-hmm. you know, throughout my week. And getting an injury that really affected that was my knee. I injured my left knee while training for my one and only 50K. Mm-hmm. I'd been doing all these really long training runs uh-huh. on the weekend. Beautiful. was a, The race was in the in December, beginning of December. So I had all of fall to do these really long trail runs. And so I was really enjoying it. Um, but definitely the highest mileage. Mm-hmm. That I had really ever done. I'd done a marathon before and put in high mileage, but I kind of, like, winged it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did do long runs, but this was more consistent. Yeah. And anyways, I think I was about three or four weeks out from this 50K, and my knee was just... Bothering me. I I knew when it had happened. It was I was on Raccoon Mountain in Chattanooga, and it was near the end of like a seventeen mile training run, and I just kind of stepped on a rock wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I don't know. Like it wasn't like I twisted it. It just it just landed wrong, and I felt it in my knee. Not like oh I popped something or tore something. Just felt tweaked. Finished the run. It's fine. You're kind of like hopefully that'll mm-hmm. be fine later. And it'll go away. Yeah, it didn't go away. And it, it, it was feeling worse. And I, you know, put on the sleeve or whatever. And I went to like an injury clinic. So I worked at, at uh, Lee University at the time and they had this staff injury clinic. Go see the athletic trainers. They, you know, they're getting their degree. They, they need practice. And so went over to see them and they were trying to figure out what was going on with my knee. And I guess I had hurt one of my quad muscles and they gave me I told them I was like nervous to tell them like I'm supposed to be running this 31 mile race Mm -hmm. in like two weeks what like I was figured they would be like it's over it's done, don't do it they actually didn't tell me that which I was surprised Mm -hmm. said you know put a brace on it run a little bit don't push it but they understood that it was a big thing I did not have the race I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I did finish. I got halfway into this thing. And then, I mean, it it hurt so bad, I was, like, in tears. And mm-hmm. it was unfortunate because it hurt going downhill, not yeah. up. So everyone else is rejoicing that it's, like, downhill in Cloudland mm-hmm. Canyon. And I am, like, like silent crying, just, yeah. like, big tears rolling down my face. Thankfully, I had a friend help me finish. And mm-hmm. thankfully, it was a trail race where walking is acceptable. So mm-hmm. kind of ran half of it, kind of walked half of it, did finish it. I'm thankful, to be honest, I, I didn't end up with a worse injury. Yeah. Um, like, it did recover. Yeah. Looking back, am I am I glad that I still did it? I think I am because mm-hmm. I didn't end up with a worse injury. Right. Like, yep. if, if I had ended up with a worse problem, and yep. I would have been super bummed out. Yep. But my biggest setback was having, like, a long COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because that, like, dovetailed into it. Mm-hmm. So that was my last... Race before getting COVID and then having weird like just symptoms with my heart rate and not being able to really run and so maybe it would have actually been a worse injury and it would have kept me from running for a while but I didn't know because I wasn't able to even run Mm -hmm. um and that is almost where I would say injuries and setbacks can be different Mm -hmm. because that was an injury able to push through but the setback was having like I mean, being in the best shape of my life coming off of that 50K Mm -hmm. to really not being allowed to run Mm -hmm. for almost a year. Mm. And that was really challenging. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been easy to just be like, well, I don't do stuff anymore. Like, I don't
0: run anymore. But that was not an option for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How'd you get back into it after not being able to run? Yeah, I think...
1: Well, it was kind of ironic because I started working for you at Mm -hmm. Tara Running Company (laughs) (laughs) while, like, not really running, which was kind of a weird dichotomy. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I think I really was like, no, I will run. I just am an active person. It's not that running was even a part of my, like, identity. It's just like I am active. I do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to not do stuff. And so I think it was almost a, like just a mindset mm-hmm. and a lot of prayer mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of just having like almost like a internal vision of like where I wanted to be and mm-hmm. being okay with the fact that it was gonna be a little slower and mm-hmm. I need to be okay that I can't run this. The whole time I'm gonna run a little and then walk and Mm -hmm. walk and walk and I'm gonna walk a little faster and and kind of building Mm -hmm. and then yeah we're 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 good now thank you Jesus that's Um, great but yeah I will be doing another fifty k in like a month awesome I I will say I haven't quite no I haven't quite trained for it like last time (laughs) (laughs) but I did just do the half marathon uh a half sadly Mm -hmm. the one that you were not able to do yesterday
0: so yeah great. That's awesome. And yeah, that, you know, there's such a balance in doing those big races, what for us, big races, you yes. know, 50K yeah. a marathon in overuse injuries yes. and getting enough training. Those yeah. are that those are two things I have to balance. Yes. I know my body well enough to know like I can't really handle 50 mile weeks. Yep, But I do know a marathon well enough that I need to do yep. 35 mile weeks. So yeah. How do you find the balance there? Yeah,
1: it is a balance because you do need that. It's not that's where it just helps to have some base, mm-hmm. some base fitness, and then you can add to it. Because really, like overuse injuries for runners, that's usually mm-hmm. where you see injuries. Yep. Um, just putting on too much too mm-hmm. soon, and and we like to push through it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of runners are very goal oriented. Yeah. And so they've got this like I'm going to hit this time, I'm going to mm-hmm. do this mileage, and it doesn't matter that. I, you know, was throwing up yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Yeah. I often find myself asking, why Why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, I know one thing that's frustrating about this injury is I feel like I had a lot of fitness and I don't want to lose it. So I'm really anxious to get back into it mm-hmm. because I don't want to lose that fitness. But it's it's an interesting, you know, when we were talking about... In a previous episode, technology. When you use technology, it's very helpful, but it's also really important to remember why you're doing this. Are you doing it for a goal only? Yeah. A time, accomplishing a distance, or are you doing it for it to be part of your life,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, for it
0: to be... Something that you do day in and day out consistently.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it's almost like the way you look at it. Mm-hmm. Or is it just for this goal or is it long term? Yeah. Do you find that you are a more goal oriented
0: runner or person or mm-hmm. are you, you know, kind of just like it's chill, it's whatever? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not super goal oriented. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, races are a lot of pressure for one day. Mm-hmm. I much prefer to try to focus on consistency. Now, sometimes I don't always do that either, and then that's where a goal comes in, where it's helpful on the days that you don't want to run. Yeah. A goal will keep you going. Um, But I would much prefer to be someone that just like, like you said, likes to do stuff. I like to be active. I like having enough fitness where people say, hey, want to run a half marathon with us next weekend? And I'm like, yeah, and I can just jump in. Yeah. I don't take that for granted. And that is just a lot of base fitness, just being an active person all the time. So I tend to not be super goal-oriented, more like I like just doing stuff all the time. Yep. What about you?
1: Yeah, similar. Mm-hmm. I, maybe, we're, maybe we're boring and we I know. shouldn't be the people talking we about need a, a We
0: need a person who cares. Because
1: yeah. <laughs> I also just enjoy being active and yeah. being out there. I enjoy being – like I think we interviewed Charlsey a couple weeks ago. She talked about she just enjoys being like a strong, yeah. fit person. I feel the same way. Like I like, mm-hmm. I like to feel like I am strong and capable and fit and I can mm-hmm. go out – on a hike with people or go run a race or kayak down the river or whatever. Like, I just enjoy being active and I'm just also not generally a super, like, I don't know, It sounds like weird bums. I'm not. I'm not. It's not that I'm. (laughs) We're like running
0: hippies. We just like do it. We don't
1: have goals (laughs) at all. We just like do it for the joy. (laughs) And that's obviously not completely true as well. Like you know, you just did an Ironman seventy point three. You know, I've got another race coming up, and you do kind of have to have some kind of parameters around that. You have to be at least self-starter enough to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go out there and run 20 miles. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm going to do today. Yeah. But yeah. maybe we're not as beholden to what something that someone wrote on paper right. and said, this is your plan.
0: Do it. Yeah. As maybe we've seen others. Yeah. Speaking of goals, one kind of huge setback, you mentioned you personally having COVID. I think it was really interesting to see, like, the running community during covid we had a lot of really regular great runners that when covid happened and all these races got canceled and group runs got canceled and things were closed a lot of people really stopped running there were people who were so goal oriented when there wasn't a goal they weren't motivated at all So it's interesting, you know, I think everyone's heard about, like, the running boom during COVID, right? You couldn't go to the gym. You couldn't – you didn't go into the office. So what did people start doing? Like, Mike Murphy and, you know, people we've had on the podcast came to running during COVID. Yeah. But I've also seen this flip side of it where the really race – goal-motivated people didn't really have anything to motivate them hmm. and so kind of got out of it during COVID. So it's been an interesting kind of switch in the last couple of years, seeing what really motivates people. And it's different for everyone. But yeah. when you're so goal-oriented and you lose that goal, then do you lose all your
1: motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is really interesting. I, I think you have an interesting perspective on that as someone that owns a running store mm-hmm. just having, and a, a, puts on races, like seeing the community shift. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we've heard people even talk about, like, I'm afraid I'm going to, like, if I stop mm-hmm. running, I'm not going to run anymore. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone that, that says that or is afraid of
0: that or yeah. thinks that? Yeah. I think a lot of people who came to running in the past couple of years have now made it part of their lifestyle. They've made kind of these fitness goals really important to them and haven't yet gone through a setback, right? right? Maybe haven't gone through an overuse injury, haven't gotten COVID and couldn't run for a year, haven't had emotional or job change or family things that yeah. happen where running just goes in the back burner. Yeah. And so I would tell them in the, gosh, it's literally been 20 years. I've been running since like competitively. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I just hippie runner, no goals. I've been running, like, in races, like, since middle school. There are so many times where I've gone away from running. I think that was my advice on the first podcast. Like, don't be afraid to fall out of love with it. If it's really something that you love, you'll come back to it. Um, So, yeah, I think setbacks are just part of life. Yeah, absolutely. And learning to deal with them and then come back to running and start from square one really gives you a respect and a love for it because Mm – you know what it feels like to be in shape. You know, mm-hmm. you know what it feels like to feel good on a three-mile run, mm-hmm. um, and you just want to get back to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's almost also just like not being almost threatened by mm-hmm. by change, and and you know, you don't have to always check off every checkmark to to like have something be a part of your life. I don't even know if that's coherent, mm-hmm. but it's that sense of running is a tool, just like these other things, mm-hmm. and just because you. Again, didn't check every box for some training plan or mm-hmm. the race that you thought you were going to run doesn't mean it's all trashed.
0: Yeah. Well, and just because you haven't run a marathon doesn't mean you're not a runner. Absolutely. Just because you can't run a 20 minute 5K doesn't mean you're not a runner. You right. know, those goals are great in terms of keeping you motivated when you need motivation, but I think the ultimate is like just making it a system in your life, mm-hmm. like just making it part of your life. Yeah, it's it goes back to that in, internal and external mm-hmm. motivation.
1: You know, are you internally motivated, or externally motivated? And we had been talking about this earlier, but uh, James Clear has this book called Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. and he talks about this idea of systems versus goals. Mm-hmm. And you know, goals are great. There's nothing wrong with goals. Goals are incredibly helpful, and we see that with races. But at the end of the day, once that goal's over, what mm-hmm. what is left? And I think that's what you were talking about with COVID and races being canceled. Mm-hmm. When the goal is stripped away, like what's left? Mm-hmm. Well, if you make something a system, it's always there. It's the it's about. Just having that bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's super helpful with running in particular because I think it also does attract a lot of people that are really goal oriented. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just It's just we're hippies. It's just we're
0: hippies. (laughs) And we're not motivated and we don't care about anything. We run to just like run, you know. Yeah, like says the people who couldn't leave our watches at home. Like,
1: Oh, we forgot (laughs) to talk about did you run without your watch? Uh no. No,
0: I didn't. (laughs) Guess who did? You did. Guess who ran without their watch? Tell
1: us. What was it like? To be honest, it wasn't as life-changing as I expected it to be. Okay. Um, I don't know how far I went because I didn't have my watch. (laughs) Uh, It was a short run. Uh It was probably about two miles, maybe two and a half. Okay. Beautiful, crisp fall day. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was funny because I, I walked out of the house and... Normally, when I've got my running watch on, you know, I turn mm-hmm. to press the little button to get into the run thing. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of the house without my watch, turned to press the Oh, little... no. <laughs> I was like, oh, it wasn't oh. there. And I had this really intense watch tan. So it was, like, <laughs> glaring in my face, like, oh, I don't have my watch on. And I was like, okay, it's kind of weird. <laughs> and I just started jogging down the street. And I did glance at my wrist a couple times Uh and was like, wow, it's just not there. It almost highlighted more how ingrained it is for Mm -hmm. me to use my watch. And it was almost like all the same little switches were in my brain as if I had my watch. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't quite life-changing. I wasn't like, wow, I feel so free. (laughs) I was still like, oh, what's my... oh." Looking at your watch yeah, tan, like a couple naked of, oh, wrist. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I don't know how far I'm... Oh, you know, like, yeah, it was yeah. all the same feelings that I normally had yeah. with my watch. Now, of course, it didn't go to Strava. Did so, you get any kudos? No kudos. Wow. Yeah, it, but I think that almost... I think it's almost like Strava's great, and I love Strava, mm-hmm. but I think I am more, like beholden to like how far I went yes. and my heart rate and yep. my fitness zones. And so that was that's more of a thing for me. Uh-huh. And it was it just it's gonna take more than one run, I think is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Then to uh, become to, free. To yeah. be Yes, exactly. Yeah. I still felt all of those feelings. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I would have to like do this regularly to mm-hmm. really feel like
0: Yeah. Like Watches. Who even cares? Run yeah. And for the freedom of running. <laughs> She's saying that sarcastically, if you can't see his sarcastically yeah, on her face. It. It's like when your phone's dead and you still keep reaching for it. Yeah, you know, exactly. To check it. Exactly. And like, you know it's dead, but yeah, same thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, great job. Thank you. Great job. I didn't run without my watch and then I fell, so now I won't. <laughs> Stop asking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, you know what we have to do before... We end the Terror Girls podcast, <laughs> and uh, we have to have the Britney react segment. Every time, I hope you're going to forget. Well, every time I do forget, I hope you know, and then I, like, am sitting here in the podcast booth, like, oh, no, Britney Reacts. <laughs> we have and to then get her to like, react to something. I'm trying to find something that's, like, semi-interesting uh-huh. you could react to, but the Wi-Fi doesn't really work really <laughs> well back here, and so I just somehow, like, just dredge something up from my day. Wow. So... Uh, y- the newest way to laugh, according to Gen Z, over text. Are you ready? Uh-huh. It is the acronym I-J-B-O-L.
0: Have you ever used I this acronym? just something over laughing. No, I've never used that acronym. I'm old. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, sometimes I still say L-O-L. You did in this podcast. Oh yeah, I did. I said it out loud. You did say it. (laughs) And I I, apparently
1: the like you know laughing, laughing, crying emoji. I've known this for a while is like really cringe. And and I just like don't care. I know I'm a millennial
0: and I don't care. I will continue to use that. You all can think I'm cringe. Listen, from what I've learned, this is the first time in my life I've seen fashions come back. If you just hang on to it for long enough, it will be cool again. Those platform shoes, Mm -hmm. had them. Those choker necklaces, Mm -hmm. had it. Please. Like, everything from the early 90s is coming back. So I will keep using that emoji and LOL until it's cool again. You're right. What does I-J-B-O-L stand for? I just burst
1: out laughing.
0: At least that's what I think because I read this article
1: this (laughs) morning and it didn't even say it.
0: I just—I br- mean that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So Gen Z, if uh, we mess this up, you can oh correct my us. Gosh. We're so old. <laughs> if we mess this up, sorry. <laughs> just wait till you're in your mid-something thirties. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, Brittany's a year older than me, everyone. Okay, we were born in the same year. I was just born in the beginning of it, and she was born in the end of it. Okay, well. When it suits you, you're real young and cool and hip. Uh-huh. When I say, like, just wait till you're my age, she's like, I am your age. It's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> well, let's leave it here. Yeah. Everyone, thank you very much for listening Look, the Cleveland half marathons this weekend and we're really distracted. <laughs> we're trying. Thank you everyone for listening and hope you tune again in again. We'll be better next time. I'm Brittany. I'm Tiffany. We're the Terror Girls. This might have been a setback.
1: <laughs> the Terror Girls podcast is brought to you by Terror Running Company, Cleveland's specialty running store. Named one of the best running stores in the country, Terra Running Company offers top notch customer service and all the best running and walking brands. Whatever you need to support your active lifestyle, we've got it. Carrying brands like Hoka, Brooks, On, and New Balance, we also have the best fit specialists to help you find the best shoe for you. Open seven days a week in downtown Cleveland or 24 7 at terrarunning.com.